0: Welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high level equipment setup and tuning. My buddy Seppi is here. Oop, hit your pen. That's okay. But, hey, Dan, uh, wait, wait. Oh. start over
1: one more time
0: all right what's up everybody uh we just hijacked someone's podcast studio so that Seppi and i can do a podcast this is like the, the last time together. we were together this is the position we were in like you were ranging and i was shooting <laughs> no actually i think you shot the last animal
1: you know it's it's been way too long that, that red heart of beast. That needs to be repeated
0: definitely so Seppi is uh from south africa has an awesome shot magnum archery long time friend uh, I remember when I gave you some secrets of tuning X-10s, and then you go out and oh, yes. break a bunch of world records or whatever you did with it. Yeah. And leave me in the dust. I
1: managed to get the secrets out of you, and uh, <laughs> you shared them with me. I we, awesome. Yeah,
0: it was there, that was so much fun, being in South Africa, doing some shooting seminars and working with the shooters, and then going out and yeah. going crazy in the
1: in Africa. Yeah, that was. Yeah, fun. I mean you were there. We had a we had a nice dealer school, I remember. First time in South Africa, I think it was just about 10 years ago. 2009, yeah. wasn't it?
0: I don't remember, but that yeah, sounds about right.
1: It was almost just a start, when knock on sort of started going and Sharon
0: uh, came with me on our first year. Remember Sharon came like right when we first started because I have a picture of us with like gems our buck. first yeah with that gems buck we had like the very first knock on swag yes yes that's yes, funny. you remember. got you guys were like watching with binoculars waiting to come get us and i'm like i think that i think we might have a shot just wait just wait and then i drop that last bomb like in the yeah, last I mean, minute, made some
1: uh, amazing shots there. I remember the black wildebeest? who was sitting in the height, <laughs> and you were scouting, and they were just sort of just too far away, and they they didn't come too close. And uh, you said you were going to take the shot, and I think your range was almost max at 100 at your sight, and you just said it's a little bit further, and you guesstimated it. And well, we saw him.
0: We saw him pass at like 116, like three yeah. days in a row. They had that one trail that was way out there. Yeah. And so, finally, I'm just like, I think I went and shot a, I think I shot like 110 was as far as I could get. We practiced. And then, yeah, I'm like, if those suckers go out there tonight, I'm going to drop the hammer. And it was last night. So, <laughs> it, was a, I think it was
1: a monster, Black Wildebeest. Dude, I,
0: that's still one of my favorite looking animals. Yeah. That thing, Black black, uh, black Wildebeest. Is it Black Hardebees? Yeah, black, black
1: Wildebeest. Okay. Yeah.
0: They look like they're just coming to a party to just throw down.
1: <laughs> they've got this massive hairdo, and they've got these that mohawk. and horns yeah. and stuff.
0: I mean, if I was an animal, I think I'd want to be a black wildebeest. Yeah, you think so? Because you could roll into a party <laughs> just looking like total pumped. Uh, they've got, like, frosted hair. It looks like they went and got, like, a bad like dye, hair dye kit at Walmart.
1: Yeah, it's a good-looking animal. <laughs> it's, a good, it's actually ugly, but it's beautiful, you know?
0: I'm so excited that we can, like, sit down and podcast.
1: When last did we? we Because
0: I think I tried to podcast with Pierre or something in South Africa, and your Internet's so awesome down there. (laughs)
1: Everything in Africa is (laughs) awesome. Yeah,
0: it's almost as awesome as the Iowa Internet that it was, like, the worst reception ever, so it never worked out. But today's been a crazy day, man.
1: Yeah, congratulations. Um, You know, it's uh, it's good to see where things have gone and grown. And like we said at the start of this podcast you know you you came to south africa sharing a lot of your knowledge and i mean today like you said it's you're still doing a lot of education and you're doing it for free you know yeah just being part of the average community out there i think you're doing an exceptional job so
0: well even back to where we were talking you know the first times in south africa you're like what do i need to to do for you to come down to the shop and i was just like Give me a couple of animals to launch at, and, we're, yeah.
1: and it'll be a fair trade. Yeah, the previous company you worked for, you know, we spent some time on the phone, and I thought, this guy is just. Was it Matthew- well, yeah, Matthews? Well, It was Matthews. Yeah.
0: That, did I shoot him? Ma- no, when I came, I had a Hoyt when I came, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 But I mean, when
1: first, when I sort of started talking to you, you were on the international sales side with Matthews, yeah. and I was trying to get some information from you. I think you shot a. 1403 or 1404 with two different bows day off, you know, sort of close to each other on on different days and you know I was just trying to get some information from you and the the, the actual good advice you gave me back then was need to shoot extens, 500 spine, cut three inches off the back and put tungsten points in the front and I wasn't sponsored or anything and I'm thinking You know how much that
0: costs. Plus a little South African VAT on top uh, of that. All of that and the
1: exchange rate. And I'm thinking, yes, you know, this (laughs) guy's sponsored. He just gets a dozen of arrows whenever he wants, and he can cut them down and test it. And, you know, I did what you said, and I shot amazing scores. Did I I send you any?
0: Did I I send you some? You might have, I think. I I thought I might have said, like, I'll send you some. I can't remember, but... Yeah, then all of a sudden, like, once you figured it out, yeah. like...
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, and that was the start of... I think right you, after,
0: right after that is when you silvered at the World Cup, right? Or did you go? No,
1: I, I shot a, I shot a, the World Cup, I I got silver in the finals in 2016. Yeah, yeah. But I, I went back then, and I'm talking, that was the late 2000s, 2009... Yeah. I shot a 14, 18 uh, score on the feeder round. Oh, that's right. And I shot a um, 360. Um, uh, 300 round. 33x. Was that record. a world record? Yeah. It was.
0: Yeah, you were tough at 30 meters. Yeah. So um, yeah.
1: it was And just after that world record, you actually came to hunt with us. And I remember there was, <laughs> was I keep on telling this story, and there was this monkey sitting in the tree. It <laughs> was 30 yards away. And you said, would you be able to make that shot? And I was thinking, really? <laughs> I never even put two and two um, together. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, well,
0: I wasn't like meaning on flat ground. I knew you'd have to like <laughs> crawl in the corner of the thing. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and, uh, yeah that was. Uh, I remember you said, man, I can't shoot that monkey. It'll look like a person dying.
1: Well, yeah, it's uh. Some I, did, dumb I stuff. didn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I watched what that monkey did to his ladies, and I didn't like it.
1: Oh
0: yeah. Remember that one? He like, it Make wasn't peace. good. Yeah, they. Well, yeah, they. He acted like monkey. Yeah. He, that's what he did. That's what happened. Well, dude, this is like still surreal to me that we had this huge launch, and and uh, in a short matter of time, we've got like bows out and uh it seems like the reception has been so positive yeah and just the people that are coming by and saying like you know we really thought you deserved this a while ago type thing it's been pretty yeah, um, I think humbling the
1: way that you've you've conducted yourself and and just in general things you know and and, and you know I, I see the videos that you post and so does a lot of you know a lot of other people and everybody was speculating what's going to happen and sort of made contact with you not knowing what's going to happen you said some exciting stuff is coming and you know when people change it's always you'll always hear negative things and and, yeah and, and so far I've heard more positives than negatives and I think the whole way you've with the introduction and when they've introduced you this morning I was glad to be here and to share it with you I think the way you did it and the how you conducted it and I mean the companies that you've worked for I mean they will always I guess welcome you back yes yeah. it's, it's not that you've went went away on bad footing yeah so um, yeah I think just from an educational side of things and the way you've done all the setups and videos on the products you know I think PEC uh, has really um, done the right thing in in, in adding you to their lineup I mean and congratulations with that and I think you've done yeah. a good job and, and all in general you know not only that way back when when you all when you started this whole knock-on thing I remember there was a few shirts and you were in the yeah. hive we started discussing just a few things and he showed me a few things and you know never knowing where it was and look where, where you are now yeah
0: I was like trying to talk to buy ten hats before I flew <laughs> home yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm we thinking this will pay for my extra bag <laughs> or it might—I have might have to like bribe the guy to actually put my bag on the that's on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are things going back in South Africa from like a hunting point of view? I know it's certain times there were some things that were a little bit worrying, but have things like I think upped and upped.
1: I think hunting in in general, you know, gets times where it gets conservative, and, and this whole thing where some of the lions that's been hunted. You know, Cecil the lion that yeah. was shot. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, I, I want to say, press on it and, 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 and issues. But in general, the hunting in South Africa is extremely healthy, you know. Yeah. It's, it's uh, there was a phase in, in, in South Africa where there was a lot of breeding that was taking place with exotic species like sables and, yeah. and you know, um, and cape buffalo and roan and, you know, those species that there wasn't too many of, or yeah. good trophies. Um, and then there was this color variance on the black impalas and the golden wildebeests and so forth that actually um, inc- increased the prices drastically on the plains game, like impala and bildebeest. And yeah. that a few years ago actually made the, the prices on those species really, really expensive. But at this point in time, I mean, I think South Africa, and when you were there, it's probably one of the. N- nicest destinations to hunt different species in one week oh yeah and it's extremely affordable oh yeah i think the most expensive is just to get your plane ticket to, to get there yeah and if you yeah. get connected with the with the correct um outfitter you know then you 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 know you you're gonna you're gonna have success mm-hmm. you know your money is safe Someone's yeah. not just going to take your deposit and leave. Yeah. So um, it is very important, you know, and, and and we've got really good concessions in southern Africa, in Namibia, in Botswana, in Mozambique, yep. in South Africa. So um, you know, it's it's a it's something that we've looked at making it more possible and accessible for yeah. you know the people from the states and and I mean you've been hunting with me now two years or you know you've came to South we're Africa. Think there three, for two, three. Yeah.
0: I came by myself, I came with Sharon and I came with Mike. Mike, three times. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And all three times we did that together. So. And we, I
0: remember I was cameraman at first. We went through this like safari park and uh, we had Mike Looper and there was like a chair on the front of the truck. Mike's like, what's that chair for? And they're like, oh, you can watch from up there. So he goes and sits and the guy driving the car goes, if you sit up there, he goes, I need you to do this the whole time and mike's like what and he goes yeah just do this the whole time so mike's up there like doing that remember i got a picture of it and he goes why am i doing this and for those of you listening right now i'm like taking my arm and like say your left arm and i'm moving it around my neck like i'm trying to do a rear naked choke and i'm like putting my thumb all the way behind my neck but uh the guy told him that's for when the leopards jump up and go for your neck, you have it blocked. <laughs>
1: that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's you know, and we've, we've had a few questions asked. Is is it safe Yeah. to Africa and South Africa and so on? It is safe, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I mean, you've been there a few times. There was no... Lipid attack or no line <laughs> chasing you or hippo they're just chasing
0: you and the only I mean, thing you got to work uh, watch out for they're called pork chops you know what those are? <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't
1: remember the pork chops this, yeah.
0: this, this is hilarious so uh one of mine and Seppi's good friends is named Pierre and Pierre is this like retired rugby player just yeah is thick and guy. stout you know like just this muscular toad with like small legs you know strong legs but short and uh when he grabs you it just feels like you know like a silverback gorilla has your hand or something and i'm sitting in the blind with with pierre and he's telling me about something and i he said something like you should just pork chop them and i'm like what the heck's that and he goes and he luckily like raised up high enough to like pork chop me which is pretty much a knife hand right to the bottom of the esophagus but like hard and i was able to like dodge it and so that night i think it was at the dinner table wasn't it yeah somehow i said something like hey Seppi, have you had any of pierre's pork chops and you're like no, I haven't. What's that? Because we were just serving out food, and dude, he freaking like almost chopped you out of the chair. Well, <laughs> Gave him a uh... full pork chop to the neck, and poor Seppi's like half of his size and just gasping
1: for oxygen. Oh, that was funny. Uh, he's a big guy, and you, you know, he's like a brick wall. So he's actually <laughs> a big bully, you know. It's you have to get him back sometimes in different ways yeah but for sure it happens sometimes
0: you can just so. rile him about his punching the trigger and that gets him pretty worked <laughs> up <laughs> yeah it's
1: a, uh, you know and, and and back then you know we've we've hunted how many species did you shoot back then four or five different species you got per trip i back. think yeah yeah
0: per trip yeah because the first time i came um it was more like we were going to different concessions and you said here you can shoot Like we can only shoot like wildebeest only. And here we can only shoot, we had to shoot a female, uh, like an old female Elan that was no longer breeding. Remember that was at the one and then a seat and then a zebra. So that was at a different place. Yeah. Um, Which we had the funnest time there because that was like a wall tent. That was like a wall tent set up. That was the first
1: time you actually came to visit. That was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So so I remember when I started talking to you and that's sort of the difficult thing when when I, well when I started talking to you was what do you like or what do you don't like? Do you wanna rough it or are you more want to live it up you know, in more luxury yeah. and stuff like that? And uh, I remember you said, no, you don't mind roughing it. And we actually, that place was next to this this big Vol river that was there. Yeah. It wasn't far from there, so it was in the middle of winter. Yeah. It was freezing cold. <laughs> and it was like a, 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 a safari tent yep. with just sort of the planks on the floor. Yep. There was a carpet there, but there was a lot of cold air coming through yeah. there as well. And I remember we had hoodies on and we had, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the we had these big bags bushkas all over and us. everything. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it was was cold, but it was it was probably one of the nicest sort of uh, hunts we've done because it was more outside. It was the mountains was there, and yes, we. Your our, cooking
0: was spectacular uh, too. We ate uh, over a campfire, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was so freaking it's good. It's even better now.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah we had a good time there, and uh, and then after that we went to Rudy's place. Um, yeah, and, and there it was a little bit, you know, we could take a hot shower and oh we yeah, could, uh, <laughs> could sleep in four walls. And, it had and thatch so roofs. Yeah, and, yeah, it, it w- was more nice and so on. It yep. was nice, but uh, you know we've got and and since then there's so many different areas and places where we go hunting. You know, for K Buffalo, which is more specialised animal. There's different areas, and, and the people listening. It's um, if we uh, like we took you to different areas to hunt different species animals. You know, yeah. it's, I guess it's the same here. Some areas are more prone to have better quality animals in that area. it's yep. the same in, in South Africa, and in South Africa there's a lot of land that's privately owned and the government land is not really open for hunting so more and it needs to be
0: privately owned too because otherwise what people don't realize is if it wasn't those animals they're going to get jacked like they're not you know these fences aren't to keep like the animals off other people's properties it's to keep people from coming in and you know just taking that sucker home and throwing it on their table.
1: And, and, and the private the, the, the private game farmers make sure the animals are, you know, they've got breeding in place, Yeah, the quality of the animals are good, and the trophies are good, and so on. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's big properties, you know, yeah. the concessions that we have is anything from a thousand hectares up to, well, a hundred thousand hectares. Yeah. So, so um, just depending on what you want to hunt, you know, the outfitting company is called African Hunting Adventures. That's pretty easy and simple yeah. to remember. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's something, um, uh, if you even go on there now, you'll see there's so many different species that's been hunted successfully, from big game to plains game. Yeah. And, and Africa's also got an extremely diverse You know, uh, species list like small animals that's in Namibia that's the size of a you know a big bunny, for instance. One time
0: uh, we were, I think we were at, um, trying to think where we were, but we were hunting and one of those spring was a spring (laughs) buck, wasn't it, that came in, and I was just like, what the heck is that thing? And you said those are really kind of rare around here, and once I got up to it, I realized like. It had the coolest like details to it. You know, there yes. a lot of those animals are just super spectacular, but you have to like be able to see them to appreciate them. Like like I said that wildebeest, like when you look at it, you would think it was like a, 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 a like one of Satan's steeds or something, <laughs> oh, yes. but that that was like the coolest thing. I wish I still had that boss. I yeah. know I've got like stuff probably still sitting over in on, Africa on my on my wall at the <laughs> shop, yeah. still But um <laughs> No, they were super cool. Have you come to the U.S. and hunt? I can't no, remember. I,
1: I haven't yet, and I've actually spoken with a few guys. Yeah, thinking you know, usually I come here for the ATA show. or It's late season, you know. Knowing I'm coming to ATA show or maybe attending Vegas, then uh, you know it's just not. You think you were cold in season. that in that African yeah, I know. It's like pop up cool. no. tent.
0: <laughs> Wait till you go hunt here and like. January, February, you're going to say this sucks. I got some... You need to come on an elk hunt. Like, once you do that, everything's going to change.
1: I remember you got me some nice uh, camo clothes a while ago. Yep. Um, and uh, with Under Armour back then. Yep. And it was warmish uh, <laughs> clothing. And uh, I was thinking, geez, why do you need these sort of re- these pants? You know, in Africa, well, and when I when I use that in South Africa, it's really warm, you know, it, it never gets that cold, I'm, yeah. I'm never cold wherever yeah. I am, so yeah. it's, it's, you know I, I sort of get the message, you know when you, you need to put in, and, and put put on layers when you want to hunt in some of these three stands and blinds and, and so on so it's something that's on the to-do list
0: When was the last year you competed on the South African team? So,
1: I shot in uh, 2017, I shot for South Africa, and I did a lot of more um, I actually shot the whole World Cup circuit in 2017 Okay. After what happened in 2016. So, yeah, that's right. You know, in the, in 2016, um, I've shot two events and I've managed to make the World Cup final. Um, going to the World Cup final, I lost against Mike Schlosser in the in the in the final, so I got Which is a medal. It's easy to do. It's easy to lose <laughs> against Mike, yes, especially if he shoots like he's shooting and yeah. he's shooting then. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and and uh, you know, some some people don't really know this but you know when you at a big event like that you have a certain um, picture of where you're gonna go everybody wants to win and yeah. everybody wants to go to the final and specifically at the, at the World Cup final event there's only eight people yeah so you can pay your way and only shoot 15 arrows and lose the first match or you can shoot 45 arrows and hope you get a you know bring back a medal yeah yeah and and, and you know I've, I've always loved shooting Um, And I don't consider myself as a professional archer, but um, going to the World Cup final I'm shooting against the professionals there, you know, all those guys, or most of the guys there are doing it professionally and they're getting paid to do so. You're a
0: professional level archer, for sure, but you also run some of the biggest shops in South Africa and one of the biggest distributors in South Africa, if not the biggest, and you shooting means you having to be like okay everyone I'm gonna go practice for an hour yes, yes. and it was probably like I'm gonna practice for an hour but you really got 40 minutes whereas back then when you're competing and you don't have those types of responsibilities some of those guys are just like I'm going shooting for the day
1: exactly <laughs> and you got to make the most of it you know yep. and when, I, when I when I made the actual final just when I, I actually beat Rio in the, in the semi-finals mm-hmm. and as I walked out, and no cameras could see me, I was starting to shake. You know, my hands were shaking. I, I just sort of went down on my knees and I held my head, and I was trying to just regroup myself. and yeah. I'm thinking I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. You know? And this whole idea of making the final, and everybody saying, "But you look so calm and composed," and I'm thinking, you've got no idea what's happening inside. My butthole you, you know? could cut nails in half right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and I sort of. When I just made the final, I thought, yes, this is far more than I ever thought I would achieve. You know, amongst these guys, and and people always talk about the mental game. You know, yeah. how could you, how could you think that if you actually know that you are confident enough to make the final? You know, and um, and I mean, in my opinion, when I when I beat Rio um, in the semi-finals, that was the actual guy I thought I had to beat in the finals. Yeah. He so in your mind, beat. you won the I final. Won. And, yeah. and it's it's amazing I did how that your too. mind works, you know, and, and you got to your mind is the most important thing to sort of keep in control and under control. Yeah, um, and you know, and even after that success in 2016, shooting 2017, I shot the whole circuit, and as things go, you know, it's just an unforgiving. Sometimes I remember I shot against Steve Anderson. You shot at 150, I yeah, shot a 159. <laughs> yeah, like, thank you. Okay, well, that's a lot of hours that's down the drain there, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Well, people ask, like, why I, why I don't compete anymore. It's because there's, like, I could go pee, c- compete, but I'm just showing. Like, I'm just there to show because there's people that are fully dedicated like that. They're there. They're there to win, not compete. Yes. I would be there just to, yeah, probably just to compete, but not to win. You know, the, and I think you've got to the point too where you understand like, when I was that polished, I don't have the ability to co- commit to that level anymore. Yes. And we know deep down that a 149, as good as it sounds, isn't good enough because even a 150, you may be forced into a tie. Yes, I remember um, at. Uh, in croatia when i showed up and i ended up going into this you know into this metal match and you know first round i had morgan uh you know so, no morgan Lundeen. so yeah so i'm thinking like okay to me if i win, like i thought that was as good as the gold ma- you know like the gold medal match i thought to beat this guy because he was, yeah, he was, the world champion. Yeah, he was fierce yeah. and he was a machine, right? So I'm thinking, okay, I've literally got like number four against number one, you know what I mean? So I have to, I literally have to beat the number one. And so when I beat Morgan, like I did the same thing in my mind. I feel like I kind of let this guard down of like, oh, I did it. And, you know, I whereas, you know, and that's inexperience. Whereas the reality is, oh shit, I got Chris White now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I stepped up, and still to this day, that's the only uh, the only birdie shot I've ever missed is against Chris. You know, I literally stepped up to him and missed this birdie, and he just looked at me like, "Are you serious? This is how, this is how I'm going to beat you with you doing that?" <laughs> like, and it, yeah, it was all just this mental lapse. Whereas now, if I look back, you know, I have to tell people like that match means nothing this is the match you know having to do that but it it's hard to teach that you have to experience it you can
1: be shooting fit but you have to be competition fit as well oh yeah going to tournaments and and making sure and you say experience you know i've got you've got tremendous experience behind you i've got a lot of tournaments that i've I've went to and i shot against you know fantastic people and i've and, and for me, it's always if I want to beat someone, I want to beat someone when they're at their best. Yep. I don't want to beat someone that's, you know, that, that's not really performing at this point in time. But if you're out of it for a while, you know, it's, you have to get that mental game up. there. You have to be competition fit, and, and it's ex- extremely important.
0: It's almost like, it seems like a hill that would be impossible, you know, to climb right now. Because just like the other day, uh, t- or today, someone came up to me and they're like, hey, I want to talk to you about, like, your ranging system for your field, you know, for your field archery. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's easy. All you got to do is, like, you know, take the 40-centimeter face. You're going to adjust your sight in and out until you get your sight in the center of the thing. And then you divide by five. I'm like, I forgot how to while. do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, just going to an event, like it's acclimation you know it's like the first cold day of the year it's freezing out but by the end of the winter i can go outside and let my dogs out with like a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt and i'm fine and it's freezing out there but fast forward or rewind to like day one of that your skin is so thin and so sensitive so i feel like you know there's this acclimation period to where if the guys that compete every weekend non-stop nonstop, nonstop yeah. those are the guys that produce and honestly the people that that kind of comment to my post like how how do you continually put these animals down like how are you dealing with that and honestly is because i never stop yeah like to me a big buck coming by today it feels the same as the big buck that came by yesterday you know if i took a year off and i only hunted whitetails once a year it would be like going to that tournament after not being there for a long time. Yeah. You know, and with you guys in South Africa, that's one of the things that's nice about being able to hunt year round. Yes. If you are a hunter, you don't have to deal with like that buck fever so much because you know, you might be able to go out when you have time and shoot one animal and then maybe two or three weeks later, maybe you go shoot an impala or maybe you know, you can go and almost stay in practice on yeah. some of the smaller game animals, yeah. kind of whenever you really have time.
1: Yeah, some of the farms are exempted that you can hunt all year round. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly as you say. Sometimes in summer you just want to make sure that you, you know, do the recovery quickly, because otherwise, you know, when it gets hot, we've had a we've had a, 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 an instance where uh, two three months ago. So it's summertime in South Africa now, right? So yep. guys shot a, an impala. Took them off an hour, and all the um, vultures were around this carcass. Half of the carcass was gone, so yeah. it was actually quite dry in certain areas, and a lot of animals have expired. Yeah. So you know, the vultures were just flying around, trying to get food everywhere, yeah. and. Um, so but usually it's not like that you know Yeah, but yeah I like the winter
0: like the South African winter is when I like to go I always would go in July right and that's your winter
1: so that's yeah that's sort of no
0: snakes no spiders no snakes no (laughs) spiders and it's
1: actually not that cold and it's you know, the the, the the leaves have started to drop, and it's easier to do some walk-and-stalking. It's not as thick. It feels like a nice fall day here. You In know, it's not like
0: days. it's not like true winter to yeah. us, but it's like a nice fall day. But I think South Africa, too, serves a really good purpose for the people that need to get repetition. You know, I said that about, like, you know, if you go to Lanai and shoot axes, you have a lot of shot opportunities, or if yeah. you go do a hog hunt, or you know people that are getting into bow hunting for the first time and need kind of a controlled scenario so to speak you know there's times where hunting over bear or hunting bears over bait like there's a there's a place for that you know I that's where I started Sharon and Harry you know because I was able to talk with them talk to them about shot angles wait for that you weren't feeling rushed you were kind of minimizing like you know the you're kind of minimizing the stimulants yeah. and in South Africa it was the same thing when I went down there with Sharon because she was pretty new then too yeah, I remember. Yeah. there was times where stuff would come in the shot angle wouldn't be perfect and we were able to just say you know hey we, let's just wait we're, we'll see something else by the end of the day or there's always tomorrow and we know we're gonna see something tomorrow so I think if people want to take someone somewhere where they're gonna be able to get reps and be able to like have the ability to communicate with a mentor it's a very very good thing for that and you're not limited on time you know if there's down times for hunting you know say april or july you know it's kind of a hot time here where you're really not going to go hunt much uh it'd be a perfect place to go during that time i think now
1: in south africa with a lot of the farms that set up that way is you know the the um, my daughters have both hunted the animals and they used a, a crossbow, you know, and that makes it easy because my daughter's nine years old. Yeah. She couldn't draw the poundage that she needed to, to put down a warlock, so yeah. we took a, a crossbow and, and she had, um, you know, she was successful with it, it was a fantastic experience for her. It was 30 yards away, which she probably wouldn't have been able Could to do with a bow. Could you She made that shot. She's got some <laughs> of my blood in it, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, she made the shot and, and everything was perfect. And I mean, with crossbows these days, it's, they can harvest any ma- animal they want, any yeah. size. Yeah. So, um, and it's, it's just a controlled environment. Yeah. And and sort of to get back to the, the competition scene of things, uh, which you spoke about is, you know, a lot of people with the credibility that you have and with the achievements that you've had, you know, I guess when you go to a, to a tournament, everybody wants to beat you. you yeah. Know? They want to beat you. and. And at some stage, I sort of felt that like I had this target on my back. I'm, I'm the guy I that still they wanted do. to be. He's, yeah, you still do. <laughs> I still so do. I just, you know, this past year I haven't shot much, so it's nice to sort of relax. And when they beat oh, yeah. you, they they're all happy about it. And 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 some people might say, you know, he's a he's a has-been. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So I, I say, I, am. <laughs> I say, it's better to be a has-been than a never-been. Oh yeah, yeah? or a never was. Yeah. So, yeah. so so you know. Um, You need to put in the time and effort to be at the top level and base level and and i mean shooting fita and shooting 3d and shooting indoor it's different things it's different setups and a lot of people can switch between the two but you want to do some tweaks in between your equipment
0: yeah i always said i really like that i was very very passionate about 3d for a certain stretch Then I moved into, you know, outdoor target stuff or I moved into indoor, then I went to full outdoor and then I got into field. And then once I hit field I realized this is by far my favorite. So one I appreciated it because I was really fully committed to doing it. I did it a lot and I just liked the diversity of it. But I think every single aspect of those different games, they make you this well-rounded archer to where you know when people talk about what does it take to be a good bow hunter honestly it takes it takes like the mental strength to shoot indoor targets in the winter and as boring as it is to sit there and just x x x x x x x X, you know and it's the same size target the same lighting You're you're in this floor and it's it's like so repetitive.
1: It's the art of repetition.
0: But yeah, it's the art of repetition. But if you can master that, okay, well obviously, if you can master that, then you've polished your technique to where there's no flaws in it. And then all of a sudden you go to outdoor where now you're not shooting 20, you're shooting 90 meters. And there's this big magnifying glass on all your mistakes. So when you make these mistakes that are flyers, you start to realize what is causing that because you're magnifying your miss yeah and then once you get into field archery and the technicalities of angles and, downs, yeah. and positioning of the body and et cetera et cetera you know learning to judge winds all that stuff it just becomes i mean all this stuff just makes you an awesome bow hunter and you know bow hunting seems easy honestly after you, you go through that stuff
1: and obviously you want to hunt further you want to make the shot and take the shot further you know to, to, if you see that big animal you want to you want to try it at least but yeah one thing that you've always sort of preached was good technique, yeah. proper technique. You know, and and, and and when you started talking to me and when you were there for the seminar, you know, sort of you're helping all those other guys and, and I'm just sort of stealing with the yeah, what's happening. It's something that I focused on so much. And if I coach that's the thing. A proper proper technique and proper execution at the back and proper release is yeah. probably the most important thing. Because you were I've always
0: a hinge shooter, like when you were at your best, you were yeah. you were shooting a hinge. And one thing with you is you always looked you always looked relaxed shooting like you said you know people said well you look so relaxed that was your technique that was allowing your 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 form to look that way without a ton of effort you might not have been relaxed on the inside but you had one of these techniques where your alignment was always so good that it didn't look like you were having to shoot like it looked like you were shooting a 30 pound bow because your technique was good and it didn't really look like big it. And yeah, because it's, it's well. a, just power, power yeah, magnum.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the, the one thing I, I've always thought was. How are we as, doing for time? Oh, we're getting pretty, pretty good. Is, uh, you know, you want to try and be relaxed as possible because mm-hmm. that is the, the, the easiest way to repeat the form you know your release and it can't in my opinion I'd, I've never believed in making a real fist no just I keep my hand flat just flat. bend exactly. the first two knuckles Pick of your fingers. fingers it's like you you're putting the release on the roof and just hanging when you yeah. do pull-ups you know yep. keeping that's the way you're going to be able to repeat it put it on the side of your face and and, and you know just lift the elbow and get into your back and, and, and pull through and I remember you made a comment um, Uh, After that World Cup final, you thought the form was looking good and so on. But the amount of time you spent on getting that release on the side of your face to move back, it looks easy, but it's it's not that easy, Yeah. Especially under those circumstances. And the only way you can get it done under those circumstances is by having shot thousands and thousands of shots before then. And knowing what it feels like. And so many people have had that shot where you just aim and it's like poetry in motion. Once you've taken that shot, everything was perfect. Yeah. Everything was in line. But to be able to repeat that is the is the most difficult.
0: And especially when like every organ in your body feels like you've lost control of it. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. All the cameras around you and stuff. But it's uh, you know it's 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 awesome to have had that opportunity. And World Archery is doing such a great job at oh, hosting yeah. these events at all these magnificent places. Yeah, and Archery is so really much different taken too. Off, uh,
0: yeah, it's so much different. Some people some people have kind of, like, thrown stones at me because I'm not in the competitive world. But what they don't know is, like, how big of a part I played in getting the, the actual paychecks to those events mm-hmm. for, like, what is now World Cup archery. Because back when you started and a lot of the people st- started before me there, there wasn't money there. Like, when I won the Arizona Cup, I won $100. And I remember like they gave me this check and I didn't want to like open it on stage and I got in the rental car and I opened it up and I was just like, I think they made a mistake. I only got 150 bucks. <laughs> and I remember Dave Cousins looked at me, he's like, welcome to target archery. And I was like, That's what? Nice. <laughs> yeah. is, so I'm like, there advantage. has to be, there has to be like contingency checks and stuff here. So I was adamant about, you know, made a whole proposal, put a budget plan together and we literally got the first contingency checks out to the World Cup archery and, you know, put together a, a staff. You were, you know, one of the ones I was going after hard and, you know, swung a lot of people over to uh, to Matthews at the time to shoot single cams. And it was a fun time. My phone was blowing up. I don't check um, Facebook Messenger, but I had to log in yesterday because... Um, they were somehow tapped into my facebook to do, you know i don't even know what they did but they did it and uh when i opened it i saw like all these messages from chris white like yeah. bro and i seen like out. bro are you coming and then it's like dot 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 and i'm thinking okay yeah get to yeah. be back on a team with chris again which was really fun uh it was fun getting him to come to matthews when he was at Hoyt previously. and yeah, now he was a big man. Yeah. I remember. And now, uh, now that he's at PSE, this will kind of be fun again. So.
1: so I also had a run-in with Chris. I was shooting at uh, the Commonwealth Games in India yep. in 2010. Yeah. And I ranked first um, uh, at the event, and uh, I was shooting against him in the semifinals. And we were, we were shooting the set system back then, and I was leading 4-0. Oh, yeah. And the whole thing of, of staying in the zone and staying sort of in your box and keeping a mental game going. And I was sort of just looking at the crowd and I was sort of... I had laps lapse of concentration. I sort of waved back and I was feeling confident because I just needed to shoot three more arrows and then I've, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm there in the finals. And Chris beat me 6'4". You know? he <laughs> He'll, he, 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 He'll do yeah, that. He'll do that all said day he long. He's in the backing, so yeah, it was... Uh, we all, yeah. yeah. He's a phenomenal archer. He's always been
0: at. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the ones that um, that you get mad at. Yeah. Because he he doesn't have to practice. Yeah. He'll literally work all the time and then take his boat to the tournament yeah. and shoot like as long as the practice range is open he'll shoot the entire time it's open whereas i get there check my marks get a little bit warmed up like don't want to shoot myself out and i back out and he just shoots till they freaking make him leave which is his practice for the last month yeah. and then he goes out there and does what he does which is, yeah. which, is yeah. which is pretty awesome so yeah well we got to give these guys their podcast studio back i mean who would have thought
1: <laughs> it, thank it, you it, guys. It's, it's almost time for the trash Up North well.
0: Journal, thank you for letting us uh, take over your your gear. Seppi, it's been a long time coming, dude. Yeah. I, I really, I wish we lived closer. You, we now. would be such good friends if if it you would, guys left trouble, South you know Africa that. and came to Iowa. Beautiful Iowa. It would be nice. <laughs>
1: we'll make a plan. And you we guys to do welcome need you to back come. In South Africa.
0: Yeah, we'll drink wine and and have a good old time.
1: You know that like we we've, we've had.
0: No, no snakes, some spiders, but not near like yours, so yeah, it'll be yeah. good. No lions, uh, no leopards jumping on your neck. You don't have to drive like this.
1: No massive pythons. No.
0: Well, <laughs> you know it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and thank you, Seppi. You're welcome. Knock on, everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com.